A random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter, what are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And joining us on the other end of the tin can and string, we are joined with the creator, the founder, the head honcho, the grand pooba, as many other titles as I can give. Pooba, not pooba. It's almost like pooba. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Yep. You you ruined my mojo for that. that Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined with Mike Carbonaro. Hey guys, how you doing? We are getting ready for the new for 22 Big Apple Comic Con. And that's why we're talking to you, number one. Wow, I hadn't thought of that. New for 22. I like that. I'm going to use that for our September events. Far out. (laughs) (laughs) It'll It'll be a throwback by September, yeah. So since we last talked, uh, conventions are a thing again. It's nice to be able to see that and just being able to uh, be out and about with our fellow nerdy brethren. Fellow nerds are ready to rock. <laughs> brethren and and, 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 and geeks and comic collectors and, uh, you know, my, my guys, you know, the comic world has exploded. The collectible world, the investment world was nuts. We did a Big Apple version of a baseball card show during a Northeaster in January, and close to a 1,000 people still came <laughs> the same day as the Northeaster. Everybody's investing in the stuff that we've always loved all our lives. Well, you know what? Maybe they figured, well, we'll have a nice place to stay, and they can't kick us out in this weather, right? <laughs> we did, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I saw the uh, advertisements for the uh, show, for the January show, and I noticed there was somebody on there, Mr. Bob Backlund, former uh, presidential uh, runner uh, or runner and whatnot. What was it like having Bob at a show, former WWF champion? It, it, it was great. It was great. Um, he ran around the whole show looking for stuff, telling everybody about the convention. It was pretty good. I didn't have a lot of time to chit-chat with him. I was busy taking care of business. But when it was all said and done, everybody was happy. Bob is an interesting cat. I met him back in 2013, and he screamed in my ear during a photo op. It was pretty great. Not for my hearing. He's but... still screaming, yes. <laughs> it's like a really, really scary Paul Simon song, still screaming after all these years. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm jazzed. Like finally, the mask are off. The vaccine is lifted for now, and this is the first Comic Con in New York with no with no no guidelines. Just come down, bring your money, and you can bring your superhero mask, of course. You know, everyone can wear that or whatever they want. Mask, no mask, it don't matter. Vaccine, no vaccine. Whatever you want, Big Apple is rocking. We've rocked for 27 years. I am really, really proud of the fact during the pandemic in 21, okay, uh, last year we ran three shows, an outdoor show in Brooklyn and two shows in New York City. Well, you know, come hell or high water, I was not going let it, to let it, let it happen where collectors couldn't get what they want, where I couldn't produce an event. I had to do it. It's in my blood. And this next show is going to rock in March, man. That's two weeks from this Saturday, the 26th of March at the New Yorker Hotel, our new space. Have you guys seen the new hotel yet? Have you been there for any of the events? Absolutely. And it is a great space to have a show, no question about it. And, of mm-hmm. course, we've been keeping uh, updated on the emails that you and the 
folks behind Big Apple Comic Con have been putting out. So it is, like you said, ramping up for Saturday, March 26th. Um, can, let's get some highlights from you on well, that. Well, I was going to say real quick, you said come hell or high water. I would not want to have those comics near either high or low water, just to, you know, <laughs> or, FYI. Or the fire. Those are the two banes of my existence in the collectible world, either fire or water. You know, I'll tell you a story. I had a, a comic book store in Forest Hills, Queens, in from 1981 to 93, during the, what I call that real, the, the golden age of the copper comic books, you know, and when Secret Wars came out and The Watchmen began and Dark Knight started, and comics were a buck, and it was great. Anyhow, we had a flood in the basement. It was a little store. We had baseball cards in the back. Comic books in the front was right on Austin Street in Forest Hills. And I remember going downstairs, and the comics were floating up to my knees. Oh, I mean, Secret Wars number one, number eight, floating as high as you know, right up there. So water, oh, my God, that's the one thing that, yeah, in the comic book world, you got to be careful. <laughs> and I think that's going to be the most down we're ever going to hear, Mike, but saying it in such an upbeat, positive way, it's like if you, never, if you ever sounded more soft-spoken, or less, I'd say, what the hell's wrong with you, Mike? Yeah, yeah, I tried. I try to keep a, I try to keep a, a medium style profile, right? Keep it, keep it, keep it all, uh, keep it mm-hmm. right all along the way. Keep it right middle of the road, right? <laughs> what can we expect now from this show coming up on the twenty sixth? Let's let's sell it here. We, we, we got a lot of things going on. We've got the, the yellow Power Ranger. We've got a lot of wrestling gals. We've got a couple of actors, actresses. We've got artists. We've got all kinds of things. But there's somebody that I'm really excited about in jazz. His name is Michael Uslan. He's the executive producer of every Batman movie from the Tim Burton movies on. And you, when the credits scroll, you'll see his name come up. He doesn't have to be at our show. He doesn't have to be at anything. He wants to be there. He loves the world of comics. He loves our people. And his story on how he took his time and how he just was dedicated and so one-minded and trying to get that 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 the rights to that to, to Batman in the 1980s. And his story is so inspiring. It inspires me listening to him. He's going to be doing a talk. He's coming in special for our event. He's going to be there from 11 o'clock until 2.30 on Saturday. He's going to do a talk from 11.30 to 12.30, and a second one, the times, will, they, may, they may change by 15 minutes, and the second one from 1.30 to 2.30. So everybody should plan to be there. This is a special event, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to really see and hear somebody who has collected and loved these comics all his life and succeeded, succeeded beyond, in his own way, in his own words, his own wildest dreams. And he's producing a play going forward called The Boy Who Loved Batman. Which is on the name Broadway, of and that's coming up sometime, hopefully, this year or early next year. So that's really, really, it's exciting. I got interesting. I got to say, first and foremost, when you started it off, you said he's produced every single Batman, and you've said what no one else says when they mention Michael's credits. You, they always go every Batman movie. Oh, so he even did the Adam West one? No, no, he did not. But thank you for being the person that. You never hear people do that, by the way, ever. You know, I've been selling comic books for 50-plus years. you got to be correct or somebody's going to nail you on it sooner or later. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Michael has been there before we, I at least met him for the first time. He had his... Eddie, we uh, interviewed him there. We interviewed him there, right, yes. exactly. <laughs> and it was probably, I'm going to say, what, December of 2019? 
Yeah, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that was it. That was when we first did the New Yorker, right? Great. There you go. Right, exactly. So he's coming back, making a repeat performance appearance, and it was not too long after that that I wound up finding, and I guess it was a sh- uh, maybe not as extensive, perhaps copy of the Boy Who Loved Batman in hardcover form. I found, so I have to bring him. Bo- I have to bring that one out to get signed. I think. And we have something special for any of the VIPs we're going to be giving away as a special thing for the first 25 VIPs to the show. They get it. They get, uh, we think the first, he's doing two talks because we think the first one is like we've had so much, um, you know, response for it. The first one is going to be sold out. It only, the room only holds about barely 100 people. And uh, we're going to give away uh, one of his books, a signed kind. You can go and get it signed to the, to the, to the, peop- to the, uh, to the VIPs that come. So the first 25 that come to the show. So, yes. Could, could you imagine? Cool. And we'll have his books on sale mm-hmm. and all that. He sign, he'll sign it for you guys. He'll sign your book. Yeah, bring them down to get them signed for sure. Could you imagine for running? Sure. Could you imagine the Batman villains running their own convention? And, you know, Joe Chill has a special thing where the first five people whose parents' names are Thomas and Martha get a special surprise as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not a bad idea to have the villains run a convention. I like that idea. We'll have to suggest that to Mr. Oslin. See what he thinks. <laughs> he might put that in a dream sequence of his play. And we can put what's his name that does, that usually judges the uh, the the cosplay Zorik, contest. Zorik he can do that. He's the human uh, VU meter for the uh, applause the applause meter guy. He should. I, you he know, should win I that. thought that was so corny when he did it. I really did. I go, what the heck? But he does it, and everyone loves it. So there you go. It's it's it, it, it's going on. He'll be back doing the costume the costume show for the show. As a matter of fact, I got to call him as soon as we get off of this. There we go. Okay. All right. Now, by the way, since we're all talking about Batman, and on our most recent episode with uh, R. D. Reynolds and Vince Russo of the Joker's Mustache. We're all baddie for Batman, although Eddie in the room has not seen the Batman yet. I have, and just, have you seen the Batman, Mike? Sure. I had to see it in three parts. I happened to be in Florida, so I I kind of, I I didn't have four hours in the day to take off, so I started, I did an hour each, and I timed it, so I would go in, and the movie theater was right next to my hotel. I was down in Florida by CGC, submitting books for like four days. The Batman started, so I started off seeing it in pieces, and I I would coordinate the time and go back. It was like, you know, like seeing it in a a sequel form each time. It was great. (laughs) But man, that car was amazing. How about when the car was like, I was like, it's scary when he revved up that car ready to... I won't ruin it for you, but but it was great when he revved up that car and made this alien sound out of some some otherworldly space. It was great. Loved it. It's funny because with Robert Pattinson portraying the role of Batman Bruce Wayne, isn't it funny? You know, you you've been in the geek culture sphere for so long. You got to witness back in the day all of the people going on saying, "Ugh, Mr. Mom's going to be Batman." Now all of a sudden, "Ugh, the sparkly vampire is going to be Batman." Isn't it fun to see those people get proven wrong? You know, that's interesting. That's interesting how that happens. You know, I have a few regrets. When the Twilight movies came out, somebody offered me the cast of Twilight to come to my convention, and this was in October. I think it arrived in, like, late November or December or something, and I'm like, I don't know anything about this. Nah, I don't want them. And I could have had them all, the girls, Kristen Stewart, Pattinson, all of them. That was one of the few regrets I had of running Big Apple over the years, but not many. You know, so you never know. But yeah, I thought he was great. You know, he was broody, he was sulky, he was this, that, but it was interesting. The relationship between him and, him and Catwoman was pretty cool. It was fun. I Good love movie. I love the actor who played Gordon, though. He did such a phenomenal job in that. And also, Colin Farrell is the Penguin. Did not expect to enjoy mm-hmm. him as much as I did, but wow. 
You know, he'd be a great guest to Big Apple. Maybe we should try and get him for the September event. That would be cool. He was Bullseye. Yes, that's right. That's right. Marvel DC now. There you go. <laughs> they cross over. A lot of them do that. It's inevitable, it seems. So, yeah. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. You know, we're trying to get Halle Berry. Almost had her for this show. I mean, she's everything. Bond girl, uh, DC, Marvel, everything. So who knows? Keep your eyes and ears crossed and open. We may get. We may have somebody really. We're trying to get some super superstar for the September event. Oh come on, Mike! It's a two day event in September here. You know, Mike, you so. had you had cross your whiskers. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I couldn't figure. Yeah, cross your something. There you go. <laughs> but. No, so how have you guys been through this pandemic? I mean, you know, now it's kind of waning down a bit, and everyone's kind of sort of getting back to normal. How is, like, you know, the world of your world, your world of podcasts and collectibles and all that, how have you felt about things? Still, you know, staying the course, seeing sometimes 50-50 as far as masks, no mask in public and that kind of thing, And it's, but it seems to be overall getting better. We just got to finish getting through this winter, and we'll really be, uh, you know, working with all cylinders I'm just excited to be able to experience uh, going to the movies again and being able to see things on the big screen. I know uh, I was one of the first people to be able to go see things when, you know, uh, what's his name? Bob Odenkirk's Nobody uh, hit theaters. I'm like, yep, we're going to go see that immediately. <laughs> so just being able to, you know, step foot in a theater and, again, conventions, yeah. you know. Be, your show was my first con back in 2021, so it felt good mm. to be able to experience that. Cool beans. You know, that was one of the reasons I did it. I mean, I've run around the country buying and selling comic books. I've done that for a living all my life. And, you know, I spend a lot of money, I, you know, hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars buying and selling comic books. And, by the way, if anyone has any comic books, please contact these two men at the podcast here and see if and give them your number or see me at the comic convention. I'll be happy to appraise them for you and give you an offer for the stuff. But... You know, um, like, but running a convention, yeah, I, I make money on the conventions, but I really do it just to be in, just for what you said, the fact that you said that, that you were happy to get back to a convention and see that. That's one of the reasons that I do it. I mean, and I didn't realize it until the pandemic hit in, 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 in 20. It was in my blood. I mean, like, I missed not running a convention as hard as it is and as, as many problems has occurred during it i missed not doing it and realized that that and i missed not being at the conventions and seeing my friends and seeing the people that sometimes we take for granted and that we know and that hey how you doing and that you know we all enjoy a camaraderie of the uh, 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 of the, the 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 culture that we 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 like and you know the world of comic books that kind of 
in its own way eliminates politics and all the madness, but brings it in on the same level. I don't know. I had a friend of mine when she said fantasies to help is a way, healthy way of helping you recreate your reality and make it more interesting and better. <laughs> so. And it's funny because in regards to the pandemic, a lot of us have been able to, you know, like if you would go to a convention, that was where you were able to find your stuff. But, you know, once you eliminate that, you know, you got to rely on going on Facebook Marketplace or online auctions or eBay in general. And, you know, myself, I was able to grab a couple of my quote unquote white whales. I got the first appearance of the original Guardians of the Galaxy. I got myself Marvel Superheroes 18. Yep. 25 cents. Love it. Great book. <laughs> I was able to get myself uh, not just a graded copy of 9.4, but also a uh, what do you call it? A, uh, a raw copy of Preacher Number One, my favorite comic of all time. Oh. And the other one, though, that. I still can't believe that I was able to get this, and I somehow paid for a first appearance of Deadpool more than this. I was able to get a signed Jack Kirby book of Devil Dinosaur number two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, That's great, Devil Dinosaur. I think I have some original art from that. <laughs> nice. Well, what, what were yeah. some of your white whales that you were able to finally procure during these times? Oh, I actually I, uh, I put together uh, a buy and sell for an action number one. Mm-hmm. Um... A really nice one. It was restored, but it was a really high-grade copy. Oh. I bought oodles of collections around the country. Uh, we also will have a book that I've got. It's a Detective 27, the first appearance of Batman. And it's Bob Kane's original copy. The creator with, with Mr. Finger, okay? Uh, and it's, um, yeah, it's uh, original copy, uh, a low-grade but um, it's Bob Kane's uh, original copy. It was in a binder, and it was in uh, wire. It has wire holes all around, all around the spine, but nevertheless, it's complete, and it's the first appearance of Batman. So that was another copy. Tons of things I bought. I mean, I just bought, I bought warehouses of comics left and right. Uh, and, you know, literally, it's so funny. I had two, two it was a dichotomy of, uh, uh, of economics. One world in 2020, I couldn't produce a show, so I, would, I had nightmares about what to do about running a convention again. People said to me, oh, yeah, I had a year off. I said, a year off it was horrible every night. But at the other hand, the comic world exploded. Everybody's selling everything and everybody's buying. I've never seen an economic where the business, both sides of the coin are great. It's a buyer's market and a seller's market. So... I think people just realized what we always loved. And during this pandemic, they had time to assess things. And then people had some excess cash. And like you said, some excess time to spend stuff. And this is it. This market is not going to stop. It's going to keep exploding upwards, onwards. People are they're not making more of these comic books. We are finding a few more and putting them on the marketplace. And more people are realizing how cool and important and valuable this stuff is. Now, if we can only find a way to keep people from, you know, being able to afford putting gas in their car, or the mass or mass transit's going to do much better now. I don't know. Yeah, I think the gas is going to put a little bit of a a burden on us for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I spend a lot of money. I drive for a living. I kind of say sometimes because I, you know, some guys like collectors to come to them. I like to go to the collector's house to find this stuff. I like to get to where it is because you get the stories, you get the place, and you never know what else they have that they weren't going to bring to your office to sell you. So I always find good stuff that way. That's a smart move. And if the time is on your side, then absolutely. That's a, that is a totally great thing to do. Yeah. Now, in regards to time being on our sides, one thing is also during these times, we were able to maybe break into our collections and just start reading a lot more. Were there any, you know, books that, you know, were on the back burner? You're like, eh, eventually I'll give it a read. 
that you decided to finally uh, pick up and read. Are you talking to me? Yes. You think I have time to read comics? Yes, I do. Uh, I take the coverless comics with me on the planes when I go. I read FF25 and 26 again, the Hulk versus the thing. The Avengers take over. I, read, I, I started to get into the whole Ramatut Kang thing and where which time travel and where what century he's coming from. to do. I literally read tons of Fantastic Fours from like number seven through 100. I read all the cool Jack Kirby stuff, man. I had coverless copies of every one, and I took trips all around the country. I put a pile, I'd stuff them into my jacket and pull them out and read them on the plane. That was what I did. <laughs> it's pretty timely because uh, we're doing a separate feature called uh, Fantastic Voyage, and we're just we just finished an episode on 19 with Ramatut. We're going into the first annual, so we may have to get back to you for uh, something other than a comic show. We'll Nothing to do with that 1967 movie with Raquel Welch. <laughs> Whoa. I think we need a brush, a, a fresher up on that. Yeah, Fantastic Voyage, the little guy. Wasn't that it, right? And they, they reduced themselves and they shrunk themselves down into like a little submarine and went through the guy's body to try and to try and save him. They were doctors and they and all the all the all the all the cells and everything started attacking them and you know Raquel Welch was the big uh, superstar of the movie. Donald Pleasance was in it, too. That's right. I Pretty forgot neat. that she was for some reason. I don't know why I forgot, because I was a big Raquel fan back in yeah. the day. Yeah. There you go. Well, You'll have to incorporate that into your into your little saga. Well, but, guys, I'm really excited about Big Apple in two weeks. Thank you so much for giving me a little time to talk about it and to, like, ventilate about the world that, you know, uh, that, that I've had and big and just the collectible world and everything. But come on down. Bring your money. Bring your <laughs> Bring your bring your lists. Bring yourself. There's a whole bunch of you can go to the Big Apple website. Big Apple Comic Big Apple CC.com. Big Apple as in Comic Con. Big Apple CC.com. Big Apple Comic Con in New York City. We're never leaving New York. We're never we're twenty five years, twenty five more, built to last. You know. We're 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 gonna be here for forever. I mean if we if I can manage to do this during this, this last, you know, 700 days, whatever, I can do it. We can do it anytime. But, Mike, what but, if uh, what if, what if uh, Akron, Ohio, you know, ponied up a little bit of money and brought the Big Apple Comic Con over there? Would you do it? We would have to write it into the What If comic books, like you said. We'll do a What If Big Apple move to Akron. That's the only way I would do it, only in a fictionalized version of it. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm staying in New York, and I ain't leaving, that's for sure. Now, I thought about it. I would consider going to Europe and bringing Big Apple, New York City, and really characterize New York. I mean, because I've had everyone at the show, Gil Kane, Kevin Smith, uh, you know, uh, Chaikin, you know, I mean, you know, uh, Frank Miller a couple of times, you know, uh, Serenko many times, Neil Adams. Oh, by the way, I put out a few calls to Frank Miller and uh, and Neil, uh, and some of the Batman guys, and we're hoping that maybe they'll come down for a sneak appearance. We'll see uh, on Saturday just to say hello to Mike Uslan. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and keep the cameras rolling on Mike and see who shows up next to him. That's it. Miller so, Miller's work probably still. Probably not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Miller's work is still incredible, by the way. During uh, the oh. pandemic, I like started hunting down as well the uh, Dark Knight Returns, and then realizing, oh, there's third and fourth printings. I spent more on a fourth printing. Wonderful, but I digress. <laughs> um, but just you know, being able to experience his stuff, and as you know, an aspiring uh, comic person, you know, just being able to breathe in his work. My God, still it still holds up, and it's still incredible noir elements in the realm of comics. So 
I'll tell you a good story about that that's very interesting. I'm doing a panel in September about graphic novels, and it's the start of graphic novels. And, and uh, you know, there's a book that came out in the 50s, uh, Rhymes with Lust. That's the name of the book. That was supposedly the first graphic novel, but it, re- it really is the start of it was the, 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 uh, the DC Star Slammers and the death of Captain Marvel in the, in the graphic novel. And then, of course, you had, you had uh, Frank, uh, Frank Miller's Batman, which came out in four parts, and The Watchmen. Now, I kind of tend to argue that's a comic book, but it was always meant to be something more. But anyhow, we can discuss that when we do the panel on graphic novels. But anyhow, one of the guys that I was talking to was one of the editors at the time. He was telling me that Lynn Varley and Frank were going out at the time, and they were so into making sure that the color palettes were correct and that the way he drew the art was connected to the color being the same way you connect music to a film and that's what makes it great when you see what happens. And I mean, there's a reason those books are so good. He was at the apex of his, uh, uh, of his, his abilities to create it and, and it was just wonderful stuff. And yeah, I, I had my comic store and I remember the first one came out on time, of course. Second one was a month late. By the third one, two months late, we were opening the door of my store screaming, wait, well, that time comic. The fourth one came out three months late. They were opening the door cursing at me and screaming at me where the hell it was. I mean, it was a great time for comic books, man. <laughs> and usually you're the one that's doing all that screaming and yelling, whether it's the show you're running or some other show that you're attending. And if we ever see you in a, in a I don't know, more docile mood, we'll be, we, again, not recognize you or or maybe it's something you never want to show anybody in public. It could be like uh, secrets. You're of probably my right about that. Yes. Mike, well, as always. I won't be docile at the show coming up. I'll be ready to rock and ready to greet everybody. I want you all to come down. And um, uh, I'm jazzed to see everyone. I'm really looking forward to a fun show in a couple of weeks. By the way, let's give away some tickets. Well, you want to give away five pairs of tickets to whoever your first five callers up that can name uh, one of the one of the members of the Fantastic Four. Yeah, there How's you that go. for a quiz? How's that? We're going to run out of members. We only have four. No. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> No, they for can the name team. it twice if the fifth or sixth person calls can, up. It's can fine. We, can we Whoever it? names one of them, it's all good. Wait, I'm going to throw in Herbie, the robot. Okay. Oh, that works. <laughs> now, what's that first appearance? Is that 212? FF 212 or 211? Ooh, I got to look into that one. I think you're right in the neighborhood there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah, maybe it's 209. All right, I got to look at that again. <laughs> if you would like to enter, be sure to email themarvelists at gmail.com and send on over your... Uh, Answers. Make sure you get it in before the 26th because there won't be too much time to uh, you know, check through that and stuff. So maybe like the day or two before at the latest. And then we'll see We'll see who we're going to see on your staff. Cindy, most and foremost, I think, right? Yes, that's it. Say, attention, Cindy. This mm-hmm. is. <laughs> okay. Now, Mike, once again, thank you, as always, for joining us on the program. Hey, guys, you know what? I'd love to put an ad on your next event. You let me know. I'll put an ad for buying comics and running a comic con. I'll, uh, I'll throw an ad on your next podcast, man. Let's talk about it later. All Sounds right. good. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate a pay, it. A pay-for ad. You know how, You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> okay. Put some of that money into the right place. Thank you so much for giving me a, a forum for all this stuff. Appreciate it. For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. Mike Carbonaro. Cheerio to all, man. See you soon. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior.